Yeah, I'll tell you what. This one took me, I think, longer than almost any other to find a, a song. Uh, it's all about found footage, so... The gin blossoms, you get it. Uh, found out about you. That's the closest I could. That works, though, right? <laughs> it does. Okay. It does. And I can't complain since I never help at all. <laughs> well, I have to do my part somehow. Welcome. This is the Fright Club Podcast. I'm Hope Madden. And I'm George Wolf, and we're from madwolf.com. That's our website, M-A-D-D-W-O-L-F.com. We hope you check it out for all the uh, reviews of all the new movie releases. But here, every week on the Fright Club Podcast, we stick just to the horror genre, because that's what we love. You especially... And uh, you do the heavy lifting. I'll do the songs. You do the heavy lifting <laughs> on the uh, on the countdowns here as we get them together. Our favorites about actually something that you've derided uh, many times here on the show, and that is found footage. But there is some stuff in found footage to like. It, it, you know, it's funny. I didn't realize that I was sort of known for disliking found footage until this week, in fact, because we did a review of uh, the film Jerusalem with a Z. And a lot of people pointed out they didn't even bother to read my review because it was a found footage film, so they knew I wouldn't like it. And uh, I was like, oh, I didn't even always know. Always read the reviews, <laughs> please. And it's true. I did not like Jerusalem with a Z at all. It was an incredible waste of a great premise. But as it turns out, I there are some found footage yeah. movies that I like very much. And you know what's funny is, in looking into this, there are a blue million found footage films. Oh, my God, there yeah. are so many. You really think, after a while, you think, are they going to stop now? And they're not. In fact, we just heard, they've kind of been keeping it under wraps, but now it's out there of 10 Cloverfield Cloverfield Lane, which I assume is going to be another found footage. I don't know if it Um, is or not. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I thought Cloverfield worked for the most part. Yeah. It's always tough. The integrity, uh, and we'll get into more of that, the integrity in, in found footage, the whole gimmick, I guess you'd call it, sometimes suffers. Yeah. Sometimes suffers badly. Almost always. But uh, <laughs> So we'll get to that. But also, uh, thank you for the feedback. We had uh, a good time last week uh, talking about the Oscar skeletons in the closet. In fact, our, our friend Jason, our senior filmmaking correspondent, That's said right. it was a great topic, so we appreciate that. You know, you know what I love is that you can do it every year. Yeah. No matter what happens in the crop of Oscar nominees, you always got between five and ten bad horror movies yeah. in the background. So that's always fun. Plus Just to it, point it out. Yeah, and then plus it gave us a chance to talk about some of our Oscar picks and that's Oscar right. gripes. Right. Which we, uh, heck, we could do a, a podcast just about that (laughs) but uh yeah that's fun so uh but when you talk about found footage there's a lot of movies that kind of get close they get in the neighborhood but they're not really true found footage so they're really not even up for consideration here right yeah so yeah i may as well just sort of point out some of the ones that we we eliminated from contention i think probably the very first ever even film to use the concept of found footage was cannibal holocaust but you know it's a narrative film and it builds the concept of found footage into it so does uh films like the poughkeepsie tapes or you know benny's video if you haven't seen benny's video though you should see it because michael haneke made it and you should see everything Everything michael haneke makes that's right but so we uh we weeded those out if they're if they're narrative films that build in the concept of found footage we we weeded those out we wanted to focus just on the ones where the idea is this tape exists right. and out of nowhere. And, you know, even so, you know, there are some pretty um, clever ways that people went about doing that uh, in the in the, the last of these. So um, so that was one of the things that we wanted to do. And there are a handful that we wanted to mention because we liked them. You yeah. know, we liked yeah. them. We didn't love them. They weren't good enough to make the list. But, you know, I just can't believe how many there are. And, and, and in the, in the uh, <laughs> idea of like sort of cleverly 
conceived found footage film, Unfriended. Both you and I like that movie. Yeah, and matter of fact, just last night we were uh, flipping channels, and it was on one of the one of the movie channels, HBO, I think. And uh, we've seen it before, but it really you talk about integrity of the concept, right? And if you haven't seen Unfriended, it's all about the, the footage is all coming from the computer screen. It's all one um, girl's laptop screen. Yeah, one girl's laptop screen, and then you see everybody else that she's chatting with, and this uh, supposedly deceased classmate. Uh, starts chatting and they think it's a joke and it goes from there. But I'll tell you what, they really hold the concept well. They do. I thought it was a pretty decent, decent yeah. job. Yeah, I think so too. It's not a very scary movie, but I think it does a good job of, you know, the idea that uh, a bunch of teenagers do something god awful and still they're like, well, we're not bad people. Right. I like that because all the, um, it subverted that idea. Like, mo- most of the cast, the kids are pretty good. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, and they really hold that because you can, you can just search the screen at any moment say look over here okay what's what's going on on the computer screen and it seems like it would be, yeah. be true yeah. the, the integrity of that concept works really well so unfriended not on this list but one if you haven't seen it might be worth a check yeah, out a lot of people hate it i'll just put it well, out there a lot of people a hate lot it. of people hate you know a lot though? of movies yeah. on this list I mean, yeah. <laughs> one of the other ones though in a sort of clever concept which we've talked about before is my little eye yeah which is, um, you know, it's like a, a reality show kind of thing. And, uh, and, uh, and that one, it, it's more enjoyable than I expected it to be. It's not a great movie by any stretch, but it's, it's not bad. I enjoyed that. Same with The Visit, which we yeah. talked a little bit about. Right. That was, um, M- yeah, M. Night on the, on the Right Path, making a, yep. making a, a, a turn back toward movies that we want to see. Yeah, kind of dialing it down a little bit, not so pretentious, it, well, a little more fun. That's one where the found footage, you're like, wow, this... 14 year old girl really knows how to use a wide angle lens like wow she's she's going to be talented someday yeah. because her found footage is pretty effing good looking but it's uh it's <laughs> kind of a quote-unquote b movie you know guilty mm-hmm. pleasure kind of thing yeah. i thought oh, it was okay it's fun. yeah it's, it's fun. fun yeah it's fun yeah, it's and fun. it's got that m night twist that yeah. you should see coming a mile away but you don't yeah so uh yeah back on the, i think that's right back on the right track for for him you know another one that i liked it came out this year a lot of people got a chance to see it because it was just streaming on netflix went right there creep yeah with um duplis mark duplis mm-hmm. he's it's everywhere and he's just so he's just so good at being sort of creepy and weird yeah, but upbeat at the same time and it you know yeah. i enjoyed that one that was a fun one um, one of the, one that we talked with uh, our friend uh, Megan about last weekend, the taking of Deborah Logan, yeah, which sort of in the in the same for me a little bit in the same vein as as um, the visit. When I watched the visit, it reminded me of the taking of Deborah Logan. I don't really like uh, the third act of that one, but uh, but the performances are great. Like Mongo, we've talked about that before. We like that good Australian movie. Um, the houses October built. You know what? That was not great, but it was pretty good. It was very low budget and, and yeah. creepy. A lot of creepy clowns. And uh, creepy clowns which is always good. good. For some reason, I, I guess I had heard a lot of hype about that. And when we saw it, maybe because of my expectations, you were a I was a little let yeah. down about yeah. it. But okay, it was all right. Yep. Yeah, creepy clowns, always good. So those are a few of the ones that, uh, you know, merit a mention, but not, uh, not making the top, well, I can't say top five because it's a fuzzy math kind of weak. It's top six, top That's five, because right. you went back and forth on this. I did. Scratching and editing and copying and pasting. And uh, we've got six to go for uh, our favorite found footage movies. And uh, we'll start at number six from 2010, Troll Hunter. Thomas! No! This movie is so fun. 
Um, um, and it's just, uh, it's just the craziest idea, you know. And and one of the things that uh, I hope that I don't slaughter his name, Andre Avradal is the the director. He does such a great job of combining like the verite style of like a documentary footage and this crazy effects of these giant trolls. <laughs> Those trolls are crazy. <laughs> so it's, just, it's just it's it's sort of startling and and really really funny, but very well done. Um, you know, and and one of the things I loved about it is that you know uh, every culture, every nation has uh, fairy tales yeah, and fables, folklore, folklore mm-hmm, that come from. And what as we mentioned before, like in Germany, all of the old German like you know fairy tales have a big bad wolf because there was a time when wolves were a really big problem there. All fairy tales out of Norway involve trolls. All of them, always. <laughs> Have you ever been to the Epcot Center? I mean, it's it's like their cultural icon is the troll, and so. Well. I just wonder, is this why? Because they really have trolls there? One, I love how in this movie, one instance especially, where they have a direct reference to one that I loved as a kid, the three Billy Goats Gruff. Oh, sure. I love that, when they're on the bridge there. Yeah. I I love that story when I was a kid. (laughs) But here's the thing I wasn't ready for, and maybe it's just me. When I'm thinking Troll Hunter, when, when we watch this movie, in my mind, trolls are little little guys yeah i'm not Am I sure thinking of those little dolls with the crazy <laughs> hair and then these trolls come out i'm like holy moly that's not the troll i was expecting no and plus how 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 did they hide this <laughs> you know it's like when people you know talk about bigfoot and you're like well if it's so big how do, how do we not keep seeing it but it doesn't matter because this movie is just so fun it's just so fun yeah. and it's very clever it's very smart yeah it, and and also what's the deal on um I keep hearing things about an American remake. You know what? What's up with that? Anything? No, and I hope that they don't remake it because it wouldn't work here. Well, because apparently Summit Entertainment bought the rights to to make an uh, an American remake before this one even came out. So that's been huh. years. Yeah, it has. So been. I've got to think that that's been put Scrapped, into development so. hell. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'm fine with them not doing it. No, yeah, me too. <laughs> I just don't think it would work here. I just don't. Yeah, but uh, but you know, cheers for the three Billy Goats gruff. And yeah, <laughs> Love that. you know what though, I do want to throw out a couple of other sort of creature feature found footage movies, and one we talked about uh, with Charlie last week. And one of the reasons that I want to talk about him particularly is because, given the Flint, Michigan debacle, yeah, it's is the Bay, right? Where uh, where um, you know, pollution in in uh, a water supply causes mm-hmm. and just the nastiest, just nastiest the. Uh, parasite monsters eating through your body. Ah! So that's actually, that's yeah. a pretty gross one. It's not it's not brilliant, but it is pretty gross and fun. And also, Will- along the same lines. Willow Creek. Right. Yeah. Bobcat Goldthwait directed yeah. that. Of course, it's not nearly as good as uh, God Bless America. If you haven't oh. seen God Bless America, Bobcat Goldthwait directed, you should, because it's just absolutely it's brilliant. It's so great. It stars uh, Bill Murray. as one of Bill Murray's brother, not yeah. Brian Doyle. Uh, the other, Joel. Joel. And uh, what a great piece of social commentary that I thought was hilarious. Yeah, it's not a horror movie, although there's some killing. Yeah. In fact, there's a fair amount of killing. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, God bless America. Yeah, Bobcat Goldthwait. But, uh, you know, Willow Creek, is a, it is a, yeah. a Bigfoot one. Yeah. And, you know, I was surprised. It's it's Holds it's up. a little bit funny, but it's actually, yeah, it's pretty, like, yeah. especially at the end, you're like, ugh. <laughs> so that's on the order of uh, Troll Hunter, which is number six in our top six, top five. And moving on to number five, this is one, I'll tell you what, you talk about love and you talk about hate for the entire series, and we'll just start back at uh, the first installment from 2007, the original Paranormal Activity. High def camera on. My girlfriend Katie, she thinks there's something in the house, I don't know. You believe me, right? Doors are locked, alarm is on. If anything walks through me, it's going to leave a pretty good footprint. You cannot run from this, it will find you. 
Looks like something big here. You stop following me with the camera. I'm in control. You I remember the night we saw this. There was so much hype, and it was uh, only the first run was only at one theater, Studio Thirty Five, Studio Thirty Five, and we just pretty much snuck in. Yeah, and well, the, they we let were us. going they to pay. Yeah, us. they did. But I mean, it was such pandemonium that night. The place was packed, and we had to sit pretty much in a broom closet. Really, <laughs> I mean, looking through a window with a with a magnifying glass. No, I mean, but uh, that was almost the case. The place was packed. Uh, that movie had such hype, and any time you have a movie with such hype, the haters are going to come out of the woodwork, as they do for this movie, especially as the sequels and the years have gone on. But let's go back to the original concept here, before anybody knew about it. You know, there's a reason it caught fire for a lot of people, and I know so many people, oh, it's not scary. Well, it depends on what scares you. But um, this is definitely found footage all the way, and there are things that are annoying about it, but you know what? For the, for the most part, I think it works. You know, I think probably the most clever uh, uh, thing that they pull off in this is you just watch the clock on the, on the tape in their bedroom at night, and then it speeds up. Yeah. You know, and, and, it, and it gets to the point where halfway through the movie, as soon as the clock starts to speed up, your stomach, your stomach tenses. You're yeah. like, it's coming. It's yeah. coming. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, it's so simple and incredibly effective. And so much of it is about what you don't see. Yeah. And what is scary to you and your mind fills in the blanks. And yes, Micah is annoying. <laughs> OK, let's get that out of the way. Um, and there's a, been a lot made over the years about the ending, how then you could. There's at least one video I saw right now on YouTube where they have all three endings you can watch at the same time. You've got the original ending, Oren Pelly, the director, mm-hmm. uh, his original ending, the one that Steven Spielberg suggested, uh, and one that actually made it as the theatrical version, and then the alternate ending. And I'll tell you what, you know, I think Spielberg's ending is better than the one that was originally set to be the theatrical version. I think it's better. I think, um, you know, regardless of how you feel about Steven Spielberg... Um, if you're a brand new filmmaker and he suggests you make a change to your movie, you should probably think about it. But it, it you should think about Jaws, and then you should go, yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Yes, Raiders yeah. of the Lost Ark. Absolutely. Whatever you have to say. And, it, and it, I think it works better. And it, I think the the alternate ending, uh, it's just fun to watch. Yeah, I think so, too. It's, it's very cool. I think so, uh, too. It takes it in a different direction. But, uh, yeah, and all the sequels, all right, some are bad. Some are bad. Um but I, yeah, you know what? Actually, I went back and forth if we were going to put one or two on the list because I like two a lot. Yeah, I like two a lot. I like two a lot. Did not like three. Uh, three is the one that has made the most money. Three, is, three is actually the most successfully I viable. It was the least scary. But um, and you know, I, I liked. They nailed the 1980s. That hair and the the decor. Yeah. I mean, they nailed it. But because it was the found footage that drove me crazy because he's lugging around this giant yeah. camera, and there are these two small girls in peril, and you're like. No, he would have put the camera yeah. down and saved these little girls. No yeah. way he would have kept filming, and that made me crazy. Yeah, I'll give you that. Uh, but it's actually a prequel, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I thought continuing the story by backing it up was pretty clever. And yeah. I, thought it, I thought in a lot of ways, although I agree with you about the, you know, the uh, problems there with the integrity of found footage, but um, in a lot of ways it's, it's more scary than mm-hmm. the first one um, and more bloody. Yeah. Um, and some cool effects. So I like two. I didn't like three. Uh, I didn't think it was really scary at all. Um, I thought four was okay. Um, and in a s- sort of in the vein of Unfriended, it had a lot to do with computer and, um, yeah. you know, webcams yeah. and mm-hmm. things like that. And I thought it was okay. Yeah, you liked four. Uh, and then five and six are bad. Right off the deep end. Yeah, and five are, and six are bad. Are they done now? 
I don't know. Um, the you know the sixth one was uh, financially a flop as well yeah. as being a yeah. critical flop. So they could be done now. Yeah, it's hard to well, say. Going back to the beginning, um, it was done. It was it was filmed. Uh, uh, incidentally, it was filmed all. That's Orrin Pelly's house <laughs> where they where probably they not filmed his house. Well, <laughs> probably not. Uh, <laughs> and they got all the filming done in ten days. And uh, the actors, not a very big cast for number one, but they weren't given scripts, just guidelines on how to behave and and what to discuss, mm-hmm. uh, which is a for a movie like this a good a good uh, I think a good device to use. Yeah, I think so. But um, you know what? It's again, you're going to find a group of people that just don't like it. If that's not scary to you, okay, that's fine. But and then you you found a group of people online who who only like it because they like to see Katie. Yeah, I think yeah. you might be one of them. Yeah, Katie. You know, Katie's all right. She's certainly <laughs> better than Micah. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, he's annoying. But um, yeah, it's um, it's one that for the most part I think I think works for me. Obviously, because it's on our list here. Mm-hmm. But um, and it I, re- I remember it just you know it, it was so incredibly successful. Yeah, just out of nowhere that uh, and but, you know a lot of people credit Blair Witch with kicking off the found footage craze but that's not really the truth if you look for found footage films you'll see that they don't it doesn't take off until paranormal paranormal activity that was when everybody else started doing it and one more uh, interesting note about the original it was released by paramount but it's pretty unique in that the studio's logo does not appear anywhere because there really aren't any credits no. to speak of uh, except for one uh, establishing the copyright so that's one of the few films released by Paramount doesn't have that uh, logo at all hmm. because it kept that tried to keep did. the integrity all, all the way through. So uh, that is number five, five in our top six, top five, the original paranormal activity. But yeah, we went back and forth. We we're going to put two on there, yeah. but you might as well start at the beginning for the paranormal activity series and uh, moving up to number four. And this is one that you this was a late a late it was. debut. It was. Um, just put this in, I think, last night or the day before, uh, because it works, and it's from 2003, the last horror movie. You see that there? We're making a film of this. We're trying to make an intelligent movie about murder while actually doing the murders. You've got to stop it. All this stuff you're doing. Whatever happens, this is going to be your last horror movie. Originally, I had planned to just talk about this when we talk about what we have in the next slot. Yeah. Because they're they're very similar films, and, and this movie was inspired by the movie that we're going to talk about next. But honestly, it's just it's just really good, and it's it's it. It's worth its own slot, basically, is what I'm saying. If you haven't seen the last horror movie, it's very clever. It is creepy, and it's a it's a good concept. The guy takes the movie that you're going to rent from the from the video store back in the day, the VHS tape, and he's taped over it with his own film that he's made of himself killing people. And uh, and and a lot of the reason that it works um, is uh, the guy, uh, his name is, um, Kevin Haworth, who plays Max, who plays the, the lead. He's great. Um, he's creepy. He's interesting. He's narcissistic. He is exactly what you would sort of expect a serial killer to be like. And, um, and one of the reasons that I like the film is it, it reminds me in a lot of ways of another Michael Haneke film that we both adore, right? Funny games yeah. where the purpose of Haneke's film is to sort of Ask you, the viewer, why do you want to see this? Yes, and how much of 
this are you a party to without taking any um any responsibility. responsibility that's right. the word without taking any responsibility for it yeah very and, much you know the last horror movie is much more upfront about that's that's the whole point of this that's and uh, you know that's what he is saying he's saying he believes you're going to finish watching it he believes you're going to watch no matter what it is he's going to do no matter who he's going to do it to and the other reason that i really love this is there are four or five times in the movie where he where the the film really subverts your expectations it was directed by julian richards and there are times where you know with uh, max's little sly look you think you know where it's going and you're in you're and then that's not where it goes and you're like are you disappointed you know what i mean i mean they do a really nice job of of developing that sense of you're to blame for this viewer mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. want the bloodshed you want to see it even if you think oh no he's going to kill that person when he doesn't you're like ugh. You know, it's um, it's it's a really clever and well thought out concept, well executed concept. And not only that, but I think the fact that he works in a video store, I think, is a at least a, a subtle nod, because even though he's putting in his own movie secretly, it's like, you know what? I could just come up to you and put this out here and you'd probably still want to see it. You know, with all those remember those old faces of death movies, yeah, sure. and all that crap. Yeah. You know, there's a little bit of a subversive idea like, OK, maybe you don't know, but maybe it wouldn't matter, you know. If I if you found out that there was this movie somebody made, you'd probably be knocking down the door to see it anyway. Could be, you know. Yep. Uh, and this is not to be confused with a movie like um, American Psycho or the movie we're going to talk about next. In that there's black comedy. There's there's not here. This is not, not going for comedy. Really, I mean, it's it's. I mean, there is a certain amount of humor in the film, but it is not a spoof or a satire at right. all. It really isn't. I mean, the character himself has. You know, he has a dark sense of humor, but it is, yeah, it's not a comedy. It's not, it's definitely not meant to make you laugh. It's not a satire. It's not, you know, mirthless either. It's, it's, a, it's an entertaining right, film. Right, but I'm talking about the entire yeah, style. Yeah, no, no, no. You know, no. yeah, yeah, very much so. But there are a few others um, under this, uh, under this genre, I guess, not genre, but under this title uh, that you uh, lumped in, like The Last Exorcism. Um, American Zombie Vampires. Yeah, all we those. talked about vampires one time. It's a it's a Belgian uh, it's a Belgian film. It's a you know it's a mock documentary about yeah. vampires. Um, the um, the Last Exorcism also. It, it, these are just sort of the idea is they were they're programs, right? They were created programs where something goes wrong and you're and and they're all actually quite good. American Zombie in particular is a is a mock documentary about. Uh, a zombie infestation it was made by grace lee it's really really good it's very funny and the last exorcism is flawed but it's scary you know it's about they they go to the backwoods of of louisiana Mm -hmm. and they you know some of the performances in that movie are so good um the sequel blew yeah the sequel was such a disappointment because we both were very pleasantly surprised by the last exorcism yeah uh but yeah that sequel no no uh but that's uh the last horror movie and that is at number four um, and we'll move up and talk about, so we can stop saying the movie we're going to talk about next, <laughs> when we talk about the last uh, horror movie, because in many ways, uh, it is it homages, if you will, uh, the, the movie which is number three, and that is from 1992. It's called Man Bites Dog. <laughs> well, right off the top, the American title is Man Bites Dog, but the literal English translation for the movie's title is it took place near your home right which is perfect yes uh, for this type of movie and this one is this one is very very much a black comedy yes it's a very dark, disturbing dark, dark comedy. comedy and um and you know it's funny uh, if you read about it people will say that it's uh 
it's sort of, um, you know, finger wagging at the media. But I don't think that's true. I think it is uh, finger wagging at filmmakers. Mm-hmm. I think it was filmmakers just saying how sort of amoral and bankrupt, morally bankrupt and willing to do whatever they need to do struggling filmmakers can be. And it's funny because it's really quite a meta film. It was uh, a group of, you know, a group of, of filmmakers with no money at all who make a movie about a group of filmmakers with no money at all who are making <laughs> a movie. Right. And, uh, and, you know, the focus is they, uh, they follow a serial killer around and, you know, just document his murders. So obviously, uh, again, it's very similar to the last horror movie. And, and, uh, and that filmmaker is very open about the fact that, uh, that, that he was inspired by Man Bites Dog. So all of the, you know, all of the cast and crew basically play who they are in real life for the most part. I mean, the director is in the film. The writers are all in the film. The cameramen are in the film. You know, the, the filmmakers, the people who made the film are also inside the film basically playing themselves, which is just another sort of, interesting twist on the movie as far as we know none of them are actually serial killers but um and it is very funny and again and the the lead his name is ben the the character the killer he is another one what just a complete narcissist you know just stops to recite a poem and you know he's sure people are just as interested in his thoughts on architecture and you know immigration as they are on murdering old people and how many times especially when he gets drunk uh he starts yelling i am cinema I am right. an artist. I am cinema. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, he's really good. But also, to your point uh, about a commentary, not so much on the media, but on the filmmakers, but it uses that, that device that we see most recently to such great effect in Nightcrawler, where if you see Nightcrawler, and if you haven't, please do, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, he, he starts by selling footage that he filmed, selling it to the um, news channels, but then he starts manipulating yeah. the new. Yeah. and. And this is the same way here. These filmmakers, where they start out just filming him, then they get sucked into it. Yeah. And it's not, they're not a news crew, they're filmmakers. Right. So it works on the same level. Yeah, there's a, there's a sense of, uh, you know, very, uh, there's a, a very pivotal moment in the film where they become complicit. Mm-hmm. And, but then you're asking yourself, and you know what, honestly, there's a, a Oscar-nominated documentary right now, Cartel Land, which I saw. And there's a point in that film where you think to yourself... Something tells me maybe if I were the guy filming this, I would have some qualms about just filming it and not trying to put a stop to it. Yeah. Now, it's not to the degree of this film by any means, but you know what? It's, it's, it's pretty powerful stuff. Yeah. And, and this film explores that. At a certain point, they become complicit but then you're asking yourselves but sort of weren't they always because they were filming it and right. not stopping right. it right. you know and so at that point it's just a slippery slope until the next thing you know oh my god they're horrible horrible things that they're happening and yeah if you get a chance to watch it you know I, i'm not i mean you should definitely get the unrated version yeah. absolutely because uh the punches that they pull are pretty pretty important ones yeah, two scenes especially very difficult scenes to watch yeah. especially because of the comical tone of the film actually for me makes most of the really really tough scenes that much more unsettling yeah yeah there's definitely there's two scenes especially in the unrated version that go a lot farther yeah. Uh, a lot farther than the... Uh, but they're really important. I mean, they they're are, important yeah, they scenes are. because they're they're making the point. Um, and and without without these two scenes in particular, they definitely soften the point. Yeah, and it's it's just one of those really... It's a movie that you... One of those you feel like, yeah, I'm glad I saw this. Yeah. You know, it's and it's also... I think some people, strangely, kind of got confused by the ending. I don't want to give away too much here, but 
um, as to who is responsible for what happens at yeah. the end. But I, I think it's fairly clear. Yeah, uh, you know, who is I, responsible. I, you know, I think it can be right several ways, but um, regardless, it definitely works. Because when you do what he does, let's put it this way: along the way, you're going to make some enemies. Yeah. And uh, and that could come. And one of the things that's interesting about it is that, and you're not sure, I think, right away whether he doesn't keep it to himself. He's not he's not quiet about what he does for a living. Um, And so obviously he's going to, in that case in particular, you know, he's going to draw some enemies. Oh yeah. But also, if you watch enemies, you don't want to have. If you if you watch, if you watch before, you're going to be going. Well, this isn't found footage. This is a mock documentary. Ho ho! Wait till the end because I almost said the same thing. I'm like, wait a minute. Right. And then, but yeah, I remember yeah, because for the a while, end, yeah. for a while when we were watching it, we thought, well, this is not going to really qualify. Well, right. is it? Uh, but it was, you know what? But it was just so interesting. We stuck it out, it out right. anyway. But stick it out. And it does. So that is number three, uh, Man Bites Dog from 1992. Number two from 2007. I know we've talked about this before and it's American remake, which was pretty good, by the way. Yep. Uh, but the original is Wreck. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of people might know the American remake Quarantine. Also great, actually. Also great, but uh, this is this was first, and uh, it works. It works as, I think the way you've described it when we've talked about it before, is like a, a house of horrors, like yeah. a, a fun house yeah. or a, a haunted house type of thing. Yeah, like that's a ride. What it is. Like a, yeah, like, a, you know, like an amusement park sort of thing where you just, every door you open, ah! you know? Yeah, it's, um, you know, it, it, the found footage works because, uh, you know, it's first of all, it's a news crew. crew. It's a news crew. And then... When the power's cut, that's how he can see. Yeah. You know, so so that part of it works, which is nice. Also, especially in the American remake, um, you get to see a lot of death because he actually uses the camera to kill some zombies, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, that is cool. Um, um, and then the other thing is is that uh, there is such a just a an oppressive sense of claustrophobia because you are they're trapped inside this this building. They've gone out on a call to, you know, uh, news crew has gone on a call with uh, with first responders. And once they get to the apartment building, um, it gets quarantined. Yeah. You can't get out because there's something and, uh, going on right, in there. Yeah, and and so the you know the the inability to escape is they do an excellent job of of really ramping that tension up. While at the same time, there's there's no place in the building that you're safe. So um, it's and it is it's 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 like a it's like an amusement park sort of a, a, a attraction where you just. Open this door and something yeah. bad happens, and open this door and something bad happens. And, and some good scares. Yeah. Some really good scares. And I didn't know this because neither one of us are, are gamers, but I guess it was one of the major inspirations for the first-person survival horror game called Outlast. Oh. And it explores lines between science and religion, much okay. much like this movie does about medical science, viruses, mm-hmm. and possession. It, it's a, a point-of-view game, and it was inspired. It uses that the shaky found footage style, mm-hmm. so I guess gamers might know that. We don't. But I could see that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You can, you can it, set it a game inside that building. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, and use the found footage, you know, uh, you know, point of view, phys- you know, physical point of view for a, for a first-person per- shooter sort of a thing. And, you know, one of the things I actually prefer about the American remake is that they, I don't really love the sort of religion slash medicine. Um, it gets a little, little heavy, a yeah. little heavy, but. Uh, I prefer in the, in quarantine, it's more like rabies. You know, yeah. and it's more like it's more like twenty eight days later. It's yeah. like a, it's like, like a, virus. a yeah, it's yeah, yeah, which I prefer than like a possession 
demon virus. Uh, it's yeah. just me. But, you know, I mean, it's, it's picking nits. I, I really, <laughs> really loved. And one of the reasons that quarantine made, excuse me, that Rec made the list and not quarantine, obviously, first of all, because it came first. And so it gets points for that. But also Manuela Velasco, who plays Angela, who's the lead. She's great, mm-hmm. and she's less screechy <laughs> than in the American <laughs> version. She just seems like somebody who, she's for a while, she's a bit of a diva, but you'd think she might be. She's a news reporter. But then eventually, she's just like, she's got her wits about her. She's going to try to you know see what's going on. I just think, and she again, she's just less screechy. So well, I think one of the things that helps the authenticity is the, the actors were never given the script in its entirety. So none of them knew if their character was going to live or die, Ah. sometimes not until the day they were actually filming their scene. So the actors were, you know, stressed and nervous and apprehensive, which which, which fed into exactly the type of emotions that they wanted. So that was pretty sweet way to film it. Yeah, and I, I believe thinking. it was also another one that was filmed chronologically, which if you're going to do it this oh, way, it that makes way, perfect to, yeah. sense. Well, and there are so few sets that you can. Right. It's not like you've got to take advantage of this location while you have it. You're just on the yeah. one place. Yeah. So very well done. And and the integrity of this found footage, as you mentioned, holds up. Yeah, it does. Especially it does. when they're killing <laughs> killing the, the sick, the infected with, yeah. with the camera. Yeah. Yeah. And this, you know, and it's got a bunch of sequels, uh, which are not great. You know, the American version has one sequel, which is ridiculous and stupid and you should avoid it. The The Spanish language has three sequels, and they, they get kind of progressively worse. The third one is actually has nothing, very little to do with the others, but it is set at a wedding reception, so you get to see a, a zombie bride. Mm. Yeah, okay. good, all, all right. right. But, you know, Check that off the and list. then the, the fourth one, they're out at sea, and there's, you know, I mean, there are some gross moments and, and you know, uh, fun to be had, but none of them are nearly the, the good film of the original. And they all they all just insist on keeping with the found footage gimmick, which is another one of the reasons that I think Paranormal Activity just went, you can only hang on to that for so long. Right. Eventually, you just have to abandon it and make a real movie. Yeah. <laughs> so that's number two, the original wreck from 2007. Uh, and number one, I'm sure you knew as soon as you saw this uh, this topic. Number one found footage, The Blair Witch Project 1999. I just want to apologize to Mike's mom and Josh's mom and my mom. I am so, so sorry. Because it is my fault. Because it was my project. I am so scared. This is a polarizing movie. Oh boy. I mean, there are so many people. You know, a good friend of ours who is a, a film critic, um, Brad Keefe, he hates this movie. A lot of people do. They just think it's incredibly not scary. It's just right. incredibly boring. A lot of people feel that way. And um, and that I, goes back to what you personally find scary. Right. I thought it was scary. Not as scary, not as much as you did. Right. But I thought it was quite effective. I think one of the things that you liked about it is you like, you like horror films. You like scary films that leave the terror up to your imagination because mm-hmm. you have a vivid imagination. So um, I think the reason that it was more scary to me, which we've talked about before, is because I have a pathological terror of the woods. And I'm 100% sure exactly what happened happened to these three people is what would happen anytime I went into the woods. I would think I was on my way out, and I would yeah. constantly find that same goddamn log. <laughs> and you know, the funny thing is, uh, as much as they filmed it, they were never, from what I understand, they were never more than just a few feet from civilization. Oh, I'm sure that's true. It, you know, like, yeah. right, the road is right there. But you look like, it looked like you were in the deep, dark forest, and it really gave you that, that's, that fear. And they seem very physically uncomfortable the whole time, yeah. which, you know, you just would be. Well, and, and they, they don't, were. Yeah. The and director. they don't like each other, which right. is, which is also clear. It just makes the whole thing that much more uncomfortable. And then, and then, you know, those, those, 
twig doll. I oh, mean, yeah. that's the thing is that, you know, it, it I, I know we've mentioned this before. My, my sister, our, my evil twin, Joy, she saw it first because she lived in Boston. It opened there before it opened in Columbus. And she just called me. She's like, they made a movie just to scare you. You have to go <laughs> see it. So I understand that even, even though it's at the top of our list, it's not going to be at the top of everybody's list. But there is no movie that scared the shit out of me like this one. And, you know, the found footage. Well, first of all, to go back, it, depending if, if you're too young to remember or to have lived through the viral marketing campaign of this movie, there's no way you can understand how brilliant it was and how people bought into this hook, line and sinker that it was a real real happening and this was real found footage and these kids were dead. In fact, Heather, Heather Donahue, uh the lead one, right. one of the three there, Apparently, her mother received sympathy cards in wow. the mail. I mean, that's the way people bought into this. You remember my cousins. I do. My cousins were absolutely convinced, no, it's real. And they and just know, did a brilliant job. And this was back, you know, 1999, viral wasn't no, even a word. No, it wasn't. And they used it to brilliant effect. And so uh, people were just convinced, and it just was... And you know what I love about that is that it speaks to it speaks to a lot of what we were talking about earlier in the in the podcast, like about... You know, the last horror movie or Michael Haneke's films because people wanted to go because basically they thought they were seeing a snuff film. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was it, it drove people to the theater, which is crazy. Yeah. And, and it was shot in it was shot in eight days. Um, and you talked about how these people don't like each other. The directors encouraged that. And they gave them less and less food every day. They took oh them out my there. God. Oh yeah, they they made them uncomfortable when they were sleeping. They made sure there were noises yeah. around, and they they really made them as uncomfortable as they could. And so they uh, did not like each other. In fact, originally, uh, Mike, uh, who makes it to the end, so to speak, uh, he did, let's put it this way: He's he, the guy in the corner, the guy in the corner, <laughs> which was awesome. He does it. And originally, he was to be the one that disappeared, but uh, apparently, Heather and Josh hated each other so much <laughs> that they thought, you know what, maybe we'll change that and get Josh out of here, which apparently he was was fine with him because there was a concert he wanted to go to. <laughs> seriously, I think, seriously, that's that's the way it worked. But And this is maybe the one of the granddaddy of them all as far as polarizing. It, I think still it holds the record. It has the highest score on Rotten Tomatoes at 85% of any movie that was nominated for Worst Picture at the Razzies. Wow. So, so there you go. Yeah. You've got Love It or it's Hate in, It. Yeah, it's incredibly polarizing. So polarizing. You know, and a lot of people, uh, the you know, the filmmakers suggested that they were not familiar with the movie Cannibal Holocaust when it came out, and the, those people who were familiar with Cannibal Holocaust kind of felt like Blair Witch was ripping a lot of things off, not just the found footage, but also the, their marketing. Um, and I don't know that Cannibal Holocaust did it on purpose, but, you know, they, uh, people believe believed that that a lot of the at least one of the characters died did die mm-hmm. in that movie but their their marketing their advertising it, it, they did advertise it as these filmmakers went into the jungle and they died here's the evidence that's yeah. how they marketed it mm-hmm. and it's funny i mean it certainly didn't make the kind of money blair witch did and it's it's not a good movie we've mentioned that before i hate that movie cannibal holocaust yeah, no it's I not good it's not good it's um yeah it's it, besides there's very little cannibalism going on it's mostly just rape mutilation it's not what i'm looking for in a cannibal movie anyway the point is that uh the, the blair witch filmmaker said that they'd never heard of it before and that if they had they probably wouldn't have made this movie that's that's really interesting and it also had a little bit of that exorcist thing going on and where not only was the the marketing campaign 
effective. But also, once people started to see it, you started hearing these legendary stories about what was going on in the theater, yeah. uh, which some were true and some, some uh, weren't. And a lot of it had to do with uh, the one thing that our, our senior Viking correspondent, Dave Mann, <laughs> pointed out, because I thought he, I got in touch with him about this, because I thought he was a hater of the movie. He's not, but he says he was really bothered by the shaky camera. Yeah. And apparently some theater goers experienced nausea just from the camera movements yeah. and had to leave the theater, especially in Toronto. I guess uh, some of the ushers asked patrons who were prone to motion sickness to sit in the aisle seat and try not to, quote, throw up on other people. <laughs> um, now, that could be one of those urban legends. I don't know. But but people are some people are bothered by the motion that, that t- those types of camera work. Yeah, that type of camera work. Uh, and could, and I could see that. Yeah. As she's running through. Uh, and they're running through the the forest there with the camera. It's very shaky, very yeah. much so. Actually, our friend Richard Aids, who's another film critic in Columbus, and in fact came up with the name Fright Club. Yes, he did. He hates shaky cam. He hates it. He can't go see it. And he hates honey, funny games. So he does. He eh. actually he doesn't like horror films. So he's probably never listened to the podcast but that he named. Thumbs up because he came up with the name Fright Club. That's right. Anyway, um, yeah. So it's that's another uh, kind of legendary stories that got fed the beast, so to speak, that made people want to see this. Yep. Oh, my God, it, it might be true. Oh, my God, people are fainting in the theater. And you, before you know it, it's it's just taken on such an incredible life of its own. Which so, is, I think, one of the reasons why, I mean, when when you have hype like that, you're bound to have disappointment. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. People that don't think that's, that's and also, scary. I don't think it's the kind of film that lives up to watching it at home. It does not. No, if you watch it in the theater and there's nothing really to distract right. you, then right. you pay attention. And that also, I think, uh, feeds into the paranormal activity, especially yeah. the first, first one. one especially, you need right. to be watching it with the lights off, nothing going on. It, if you're watching it at home and, and I don't know, you're looking at your phone or whatever, no, yeah. it's it's not the same experience. But up until this came out in, uh, in 1999, so up until my big fat Greek wedding beat it, it it held the record for the highest grossing independent movie of all time. Wow! Because it you know it's, and it cost nothing. It cost nothing, and no. it made zillions. Yeah. So. Uh, and then it spawned the just the one sequel, Book sucked, of Shadows. Yeah. Bad. It was bad. Uh, Disappointing. And, yeah, and it pretty much killed off. Apparently, originally, the uh, directors were going to because they didn't direct the sequel. No, they did not. Uh, they produced they were, it, but they, they hired a director to, who 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 had done documentaries in the past and did not like horror. And that was clear from the movie that he didn't like horror. And originally, they were going to try to make a sequel, mm-hmm. right? And then just no. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I believe uh, it was supposed to be a prequel. It was supposed to be oh, the actual story of the Blair, the Blair Witch. Blair Witch. Yeah. Okay. Well, I can. I'm in for that. I would would have been in for that. Yep. But. Uh, but you still got that as really you talk about found footage that sits at the top, love it or hate it, and we we really love it. Uh, the Blair Witch Project from 1999. But if you hate it or take issue with any of these, we want to hear from you. The easiest way to do that is on Twitter. Uh, we're at Mad Wolf, M-A-D-D-W-O-L-F, and let us know your favorites about found footage. Or maybe you thought some that we discounted should have counted. Right. You know, what do you think? Yeah. Um, you know, also, if you if you get a second, because uh, Man Might's Dog, that's a Belgian movie. We love Belgian movies. And uh, over on ScreenRelish.com right now, uh, you can find my review of Alleluia, a Belgian movie that yeah. we also love. Yes. So give ScreenRelish a look if you get a chance. Yeah, and we were thinking about the next country to focus on here on the podcast. It might be Belgium. Yeah, we're leaning toward, uh, we're leaning toward Belgium because they got some good ones. <coughs> Call there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and some others. But if you have an idea on that, too, uh, drop us a line. Let us know what country maybe we should focus on next. So uh, that's our top six top five found footage and we look ahead to our next fright club live event as we get uh, close to 
Well, we're pretty much into February now. That means Valentine's Day. That means candies and flowers and drill bits in the eyeball <laughs> of the forehead. And that means the loved ones. The loved ones. And bright is, eyes. Bright eyes. And that is going to be February the 10th on a Wednesday at the Gateway Film Center. We're going to be back counting down our top, our favorite prom theme, yeah. right? Dances. Yep. Dances. Um, so it's going to be a fight at the top. It is. I bet you can guess. Yep. Uh, and we're going to have fun with that. Taping the podcast live. The, the live audiences are great. Uh, and then we'll uh, watch the loved ones. So uh, mark that down, February the 10th at the Gateway in Columbus. If you can make it, we would love to have you. So you can check us out, at all, as always, at MadWolf.com. You can find us, MadWolf Columbus, on Facebook, MadWolf on Twitter. Or you know what? You can just go to Golden Spiral Media, which is the, the lovely group who yes. hosts our podcast. Not only can you find our podcast there, but a bunch of other great ones like our friend, Corey, our senior Aussie correspondent, Corey Metcalf, he's got the triple cast, which and always does also, some great movie stuff. Uh, the head honcho over there, Golden Spiral Media, Daryl, uh, he has just launched a brand new podcast for the all new X Files. Oh yeah, you're which, digging on that. You're watching you know the X Files. I aren't was you? digging that one. Uh, it was a two part event to kick it off. The first part, eh? The second part got me. Yeah. Second part, I'm in. I missed, I missed the second yeah. one because the first one bored me. Yeah. And now they're off on a new case. So anyway, if you're an X Files fan, check that out. Golden Spiral Media. Uh, they've got a brand new. I want to believe. Uh, uh-huh. X-Files uh, X-Files podcast. So we're uh, still up in the air about next week. Could be a country, could be a director. We don't know. We'll keep you guessing. So let us know about the found footage. And until then... I'm Hope Madden. And I am George Wolf, And this is the Fright Club Podcast. Stay frightful, my friends. Fright,